Welcome back to 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by my guy John Paulson. And John, it's time to talk playoffs. And, and you know it's playoff season when you and I, before the pod, are discussing what uh, horrendous options we have at quarterback since you have Kyler Murray on your team and I have Lamar Jackson. But again, welcome to playoffs. Yeah, and my head's spinning a little bit because I also have Mike White. And right before podcast, we got some news on that, which we'll discuss uh, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be needing to take my own advice this week to try to find a quarterback streamer uh, in the playoffs here. Uh, before we get started, and we do have we have a great show for you today. We we're going to talk about John's Thursday night takeaways. 49ers beat the Seahawks. John does have some takeaways from that game. We'll get into this week's biggest storylines, including that Mike White injury. He's out. Zach Wilson's in. So we'll get John's thoughts on that. The sleeper sneaky start of the week. Uh, breakout receiver model at the end of the show. And of course, my favorite, John Sneaky Starts. And we do start here. Our producer, Sal, did get me the shirt. I love John's Sneaky Starts. I don't know if you can see it, John. Wow. But our guy, Sal, our, our, our producer, got me this shirt. I was wondering if he was going to do it because a couple weeks ago he asked me what size. He sent me this thing. And right before the show, he emailed me, or at least I got the email, and he said, hey, he's like, did you get the shirt? I wanted to surprise him by by wearing them. So, Sal, thank you. It says, I love John Sneaky Starts. Got the little ninja there uh, in the uh, in the middle. So Producer. I'm ready to go with my, my T-shirt here. Producer Sal coming up big with the logo and everything. We got something I mean, going come on. on. It's yeah. awesome. It's a new it's revenue, awesome. revenue stream for the for the site. That's right. So if you want to get one of these T-shirts, we don't have them available for you yet. But uh, if you do like them, maybe you can leave one in the comments section. Uh, John will be on a little bit later on today, too. We've got John Paulson Week 15 Start and Sit Q&A. It's today or I'm sorry, it's Friday, December 16th. Well, yeah. Today. Today. Yep. There you go. I'm I'm losing track, John. I've got all these days hammered together. here. Yo, so Friday today, uh, December 16th, 320 Eastern Time, 320 Eastern Time at 444 YouTube and it's it's only for subscribers but John this is this is one of the benefits well, that we can provide uh listeners. Yeah, so it's not just for subscribers, it's for the YouTube subscriber channel. So if you go to the 444 football YouTube channel and subscribe there, you'll be able to partake in the Q&A today. So I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get just a bunch of start sit questions. Uh you go to youtube.com uh backslash at 444 and that will take you to the uh the channel to sign up. There you go. So I'm glad you clarified that. So yeah, if you go to YouTube, that's, as John that's just free. mentioned, yeah, yeah, that's uh, all free. YouTube.com backslash at four for four three twenty Eastern. John Paulson's Week 15 Start and Sit Q and A. So hopefully everybody that has some you know pivotal questions for uh, their fantasy playoffs this week and hammer John. I'm sure he's going to be. Uh, if I know John and I and I know him very well. Uh, John will will think about every single question in great detail, and uh, he he does care about helping subscribers and anybody that's got some uh, questions for fantasy football as as everybody prepares for the playoffs. But John, let's start off with that Thursday night football game. Again, the 49ers knock off the Seahawks, and they really dominated. You know, the, the Seahawks did score a touchdown, and you thought maybe for a second after they got the ball back, maybe maybe they make a game of it late. But the 49ers defense was too much. Seattle cannot run the football at all. Even with Kenneth Walker back, they, they, they've really struggled to run the ball over the last couple of weeks. They don't generate t- turnovers anymore. They don't take the ball away. It's really a non-P Carroll team. It's the exact opposite of what we saw 
for the for for the majority of the season. You know, it's been the last month or so Seattle has struggled. But if you if you look at San Francisco's side, a lot of touches for Christian McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel out, George Kittle. If you if you did if you rolled with George Kittle, you got paid off because he had two touchdowns. Uh, but you know, what did you think of Brandon Ayuk, Brock Purdy, and then you know to wrap things up, Tyler Lockett suffered an injury. Yeah, uh, so 32 touches for Christian McCaffrey, which was interesting, even with Jordan Mason, uh, you know, available. And uh, they don't look like they want to limit McCaffrey at all, even in a game where they uh, jumped out to a lead and probably could have rotated in Mason, uh, who ended up getting there, you know, putting up a decent number rushing because he broke a broke a long one. Um, but Kittle is interesting because, I, you know, I saw that he had two touchdowns and... I had him ranked as my tight end two this week, which is pretty high for him given uh, what he's produced this season. But I was looking at yesterday, I was looking at it, and I was like, well, Seattle's 31st in just fantasy points allowed to tight end, so it's a great matchup. Uh, Debo Samuel's out. When Debo's out, Kittle usually you know, does better. Same with Brandon Ayuk, but I'll talk about him a little bit later. And I'm just looking at these other tight ends right now. You know, Mark Andrews, who can't really trust – as much with the quarterback situation, his production has been a little bit lower. TJ Hawkinson uh, does have the Colts and he's been very, you know, involved in the offense, but they're number one against tight ends. Uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, solid, but you know, he doesn't have maybe have the upside that, uh, that Kittle has uh, Jacksonville 30th. So I just decided, I mean, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put Kittle two. And uh, if, if you have him, you should be starting him. And I'm glad it paid off. Uh, unfortunately, the, um, you know, the, the Iuke, you know, line two for 19 on four targets, very disappointing. Uh, you know, he got out-targeted by uh, Juwan Jennings uh, with five. Um, you know, and Ayuk's and been pretty good this year in, in mm-hmm. general, but he tends to also uh, do well when Debo's out. So that, you know, you're starting your week with Ayuk starting, and I think I had him at 25 uh, and half PPR. Uh, disappointing start to your fantasy playoffs. Um, and then Brock Purdy, you know, I'm looking at his stat line, 8.3 yards per attempt. It's really amazing, uh, this, this Kyle Shanahan offense, how he just basically turns everyone into an 8-plus yard per attempt quarterback, which is, you know, elite level uh, yards per attempt. Uh, one of the most important quarterback stats, in my opinion, is yards per attempt. And it, this does seem like it's a function of the offense because Jimmy Garoppolo is always over 8 or usually over 8. and um, He's that other quarterback. Nick Mullins, I think, was a – for like mm-hmm. a solid quarterback for him as well in terms of yards per attempt. Um, and then he ended up with the tw- 217 and two uh, touchdowns. They did go run heavy. Uh, they're definitely, you know, leaning on the run right now. I think, you know, game script has something to do with that. And then for the um, for the Seahawks, they, they can't run. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Uh, it's a tough mixture there, recipe for success. Uh, you know, the Walker thing you mentioned, and he ended up, at running back uh, 30 in my half PPR rankings because I just didn't feel confident uh, in his ability to generate yards against the 49ers. I looked at what he did recently. uh, And as you mentioned, the Seahawks haven't been able to run the ball as well last few weeks. And uh, so he ended up only 0.2 away from, you know, his finished uh, stat line was only 0.2 fantasy points away from what I projected him for. So I feel pretty good about that projection. And then uh, just let's pour one out for Tyler Lockett. He's, you know, one of my targets at wide receiver. You could go back and look at draft day strategy. There's some hits, there's some misses in that uh, article, but one of the hits was definitely Tyler Lockett. Uh, he, he might miss the next two weeks, so he might be done for the fantasy season in most leagues, most formats. 
Uh, but he's right now heading into this week, uh, wide receiver eight, fantasy wide receiver eight, and he was drafted wide receiver 48. So wow, huge, huge value, ninth, 10th round, 11th round, whatever you could get him. Tyler Lockett is the 48th receiver off the board. Uh, definitely was one of my primary uh, receiver targets. Uh, definitely worked out. Uh, but he's his you know his numbers are going to slide here because he's not going to play the next couple of weeks likely. Yeah, it's too bad for him because you're right. I mean the consistency has been there and credit Geno Smith for having a good year. The last couple yeah. of weeks have not have not been good. But again, if if Seattle could run the football a little bit more, I think it would take that pressure off of Geno. That's what Seattle's offense is designed for, and they just haven't been able to run the ball. But like you said, let's pour one out for Tyler Lockett. All right, let's get into the biggest fantasy storylines, and we and we do have to start off with the biggest fantasy news. Broke right before we started recording the podcast here on this Friday. Mike White ruled out for the Jets. And not totally surprising given the fact that he was beat up by Buffalo last week. But, John, I mean, if, as you know, you read the reports throughout the course of the week. It seemed like Mike White was going to play this week against the Lions. And, and it's a good matchup. Detroit defensively has been good of late. But still, you, you would you would like to still target them uh, for fantasy purposes. So instead, it's going to be Zach Wilson, and they must have seen you know Robert Sala and his coaching staff must have seen enough in Zach Wilson from a maturity standpoint to get him back in the fold because he he was inactive over the last couple of weeks, and it's been Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco stepped in there last week, and I don't I don't know how many attempts he wound up having two or three, but he 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 looked his age. So probably a good idea to go with Zach Wilson, but from a fantasy perspective, what are your thoughts on the Jets? Well, this is a pretty good situation for Zach Wilson to step into against, you know, the Lions at home. Uh, the Lions defense has been playing a little bit better, but they do give up a lot of points and they have, they have not played as well away from uh, Detroit. So I think the you know, nobody really wants to run out and start or needs to run out and start Zach Wilson. I mean, I think that's really dangerous. Uh it might work out. He, you know, quarterbacks, thirtieth uh, and just a fancy points allowed to quarterbacks are the Lions. So, uh, you know, he might end up having a good game. He can run the ball a little bit, but it's that would be really dicey and brave. A brave soul would have to, you know, start Zach Wilson in, in the fantasy playoffs. And I don't know who's in that situation, but uh, I think the primary question that comes up here is Garrett Wilson because he's definitely on playoff teams, right? So do we have to worry about him? And I would be a little bit more worried about him. I, I, I redid the rankings. I reran the rankings, uh, the projections and, you know, the, the Jets passing game takes a, a step back. Uh, I, I kind of balanced out the rushing passing TDs because Mike White's not there to throw. Uh, and so they're probably a little bit more likely to run the ball in the red zone. And so, so Garrett Wilson took a little bit of a hit in the, in the projections, but he's still wide receiver 17 right now. And I'm going to keep looking at this, but, uh, I, I pulled up Zach Wilson's pass attempts this year. He's at 189 of them. Uh, 38 of them went to Garrett Wilson, and that's an 8.4 yards per attempt. He had 319 yards on 38 uh, attempts, and uh, 38 uh, of 189 is a 20% target share, uh, so not bad. So I think you're still relatively safe starting Garrett Wilson. He'll be the primary guy. I think the guy I'm really worried about now is Elijah Moore. And he was prior to this news going to be the sleeper sneaky start of the week with Mike White because Corey Davis is out. And I still think he could get there as the number two receiver for the Jets, but he and Zach Wilson do not have much of a rapport at all. Um, he's got, uh, I'm doing this, uh, from from Stathead, which is a great site, 81 yards on 13 targets from from uh, 
Eric Wilson, 6.23 yards per attempt, not good. So I'm a little lost confident, but he will be out there running a lot of routes and should see some targets in a, in a good matchup against the, the Lions. One of the more convoluted situations heading into this this year's fantasy uh, playoffs, John, is the New England running back situation. Monday night, if you watch that one, Damian Harris is out. Ramondre Stevenson, who is R- – Ramondre Stevenson is the Patriots' best player, bottom line, uh, outside of maybe Matt, Matthew Judon, of course, the, the talented pass rusher. But offensively, there's no question it's Stevenson. So Stevenson gets injured, and then Kevin Harris takes over. So you got a different Harris in this backfield. D- Damian Harris had back-to-back uh, limited practices this week. R- Ramondre Stevenson did not practice on Thursday. We don't know what the latest report is Friday. But if you look at the depth chart for New England, you got Pierre Strong and then the aforementioned Kevin Kevin Harris. What's up? What's up with this backfield situation, John? Who who would you if if you're desperate, you have Ramondre Stevenson and you have an opportunity to grab one of these other Patriots backs, who are you rolling with? Well, it does appear that Damien Harris is might be on track to play. I'm gonna say it that way because it doesn't seem like he's on track to play, but he might be. Uh he did travel with the team on Monday, which was unusual for an injured player that was not expected to even have a chance to play. I, I think he was doubtful Monday for Monday's game. So they were leaving the door open for him. So yeah. that's just, just look at my memory there. If I, if I actually got that right, then I'm still, I'm still sharp at 49 years old. No, you um, did. You did. I, yeah, I did. You I got it right. right. Uh, I sometimes I'm flying off the cuff here and I don't always remember <laughs> it correctly. Uh, but Damien Harris, I think if he's back, he is the lead back. They trust him the most. Uh, you know, you worry a little bit about the thigh injury and whether or not he can handle a full workload. But if he was close last week and he's, um, you know, practicing, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, which he was uh, limited, uh, I think he's the guy. But if he sits, that's the one the big question comes in as to who is it? Kevin Harris, who did um, get a touchdown, uh, did take over before Pierre Strong got his chance. But if you look at, you know, the running back by committee report, RBBC report for the for that week, uh, the Patriots, um, you know, Harris outtouched Strong eight to seven. Snaps were forty nine percent to thirty two percent, but Strong had ninety total yards and a touchdown. So he had a, uh, you know, five carries for seventy yards, whereas Harris had eight carries for twenty six yards. Did not catch the ball. Uh, Strong had two catches, uh, two targets for twenty yards. So I would think that Strong, with that game, probably earned. A, a larger role in the backfield if if it's down to Strong and Harris and maybe J.J. Taylor off the uh, practice squad. So I would roll the dice with Strong, um, but it, it might be a situation where they just trust Kevin Harris more uh, than they do Strong at this point and going to give him the first crack at it. But I, I, it looks like it looks like to me that Strong probably earned some more carries. John, this is a tough question, but Dallas Goddard is trending towards playing this week for the Eagles. There's it's kind of a two-parter here. One, coming off the injury, how much do you trust Dallas Goddard if you if you want to start him? The other question is, you know, with without Dallas Goddard in, Devontae Smith has been a, a trustworthy start. AJ Brown, if you got him, you're starting him. But if Goddard plays, how much does that impact guys like Devontae Smith and these other skill position players for the Eagles not named AJ Brown? Yeah, Quez Watkins was popping his head up too a little bit here and there as like maybe a dart throw type. But, uh, you know, I'm very interested in this Dallas Goddard situation because I have a, a underdog fantasy, big dog 
draft. It was a $250 draft and I made the uh, second round of it. So I won my nice. league, made the second round and you know, that's number one prizes. I got a Jalen hurts, Dallas Goddard stack in that. Uh, yeah. I've also got a Derek Carr, uh, Devonte Adams stack in that. So nice. uh, I lost, I also have Stevenson, so I lost him, but I have Damian Harris. So this is, this is a very big dog, uh, John Paulson, big dog, uh, special, uh, episode Sweet. of the most accurate podcast. Yeah. Um, but if, uh, so I really would love to see Goddard come back and just tear it up uh, over the last three weeks with, with Jalen Hurts. Like that would be excellent. Uh, but uh, if you if you're looking at his impact, he's been obviously pretty great, uh, super efficient, right? Because he's not he's not a big big target guy, but he's been really efficient. So I think when he comes back, I think he's fine. So if he's if they're if they're going to roll him out there, then I think you can, especially with the landscape at tight end, you have to start him unless you have another elite option at tight end i think he'll be in the top five or six uh the the question is devonta smith i think because you mentioned it right uh, aj brown you're going to start him he's got too much upside he's you know too consistent of a role in that offense but devonta smith uh prior to uh goddard coming back or prior to goddard's injury devonta smith was not as good as he was the last four weeks so he's he's posted Six for 78 on nine targets, four for 50 on nine targets, five for 102 uh, and a touchdown on eight targets, and five for 64 and a touchdown on eight targets in the last four weeks uh, since Goddard's injury. Uh, so you can see he's eight, eight, nine, nine, so eight and a half targets per game. Uh, he averages 6.8 targets per game and from week one to week 10. Uh, and he only cracked the 50 yard mark in three of those nine games. So you're going from rock solid wide receiver two. I mean, Devonta Smith's great. I think he's a great route runner, great player. You know, the, the, the Eagles tend to be a little bit on the run heavy side. So the consistency isn't there, but when there's only two pass catchers, Jalen hurts can absolutely support two of them. But when there's three and you're adding Goddard, now you're, now you're looking at Devonta Smith as like a wide receiver three, you know, not counting. You can't count on him like you could if, if Goddard was out. So I think that's the question. And if, and so if you if you have Devonta Smith and you're thinking about starting him this week, pay close attention to when Goddard is put into the rankings to see where uh, Smith ends up, because he's the one that's going to take the brunt of the hit. This is something that we kind of led the show off with, John. It was, a, it was a discussion that you and I were having because you have Kyler on one team. I've got Lamar Jackson uh, in our in our league that we play together. Anyone with Lamar or Kyler are looking at the situation this week. Now, maybe you had grabbed Brock Purdy and you were able to, you know, cash in last week. I, I, we're going to get to John's sneaky starts coming up. Uh, that was – Brock Purdy was one of your sneaky starts, John, so great call on that one to start the week. Uh, but anybody that's got Lamar or Kyler are going to be interested in where you have kind of the QB2 streamer. So how are you ranking that 10 to 20 range this week? It's hard. Like, you look at the rankings and for – for there to be no team on buy, like there's no teams on buy, so everybody's available. There just aren't a lot of confident QB starts this week. We have our elite guys, obviously, uh, and then you get into like Cousins at seven. That feels a little bit dicey against Colts, but at least he's at home. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in a bad matchup against Dallas, like that. You could see how that goes sideways, but mm -hmm. Lawrence has been really good. I think Dak Prescott is solid. I might move him up. He's he's against Jacksonville, thirty second adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. But I mean, I'm I'm talking about QB ones here, right? So I haven't even yeah. gotten to the QB two rankings. I think Aaron Rodgers. You know, I 
I know people are mad at me for telling them to draft Aaron Rodgers. I think he, I think he's tied for fifth or something in uh, with passing touchdowns. Uh, he has, I think, two or more passing touchdowns in like eight of his last nine home games. He, he tends to tends to throw the ball a little bit more at home, especially around the goal line. Great I think against the, Yeah, I think against the Aaron Rodgers. I think he has a uh, pretty good matchup against the Rams. He's got two plus touchdowns. I think in eight of his last nine home games, something like that. Pretty consistent at home. Tom Brady against the, the Bengals has really had kind of an awful year by his standards, but you could see a, a scenario where uh, they have to throw the ball a little bit more than what they would want to. Can't run the ball very well. Uh, and then like Tua Tugavaloa normally would be ranked mid-range QB1, but we're at Buffalo. We have some weather. Uh, he has... You know, I guess they needed the heaters in LA in, in 55 degree weather. So I don't know how it's gonna work out in Buffalo. Um, I'm gonna talk about my one of my sneaky starts later. Uh, and it's actually relevant to your team. Uh, and then like, you know, I think you're getting into like Tyler Huntley. Uh, he can run the ball. You're getting into Mac Jones, who has a great matchup against Vegas, but he's he's missing likely missing his top two receivers. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan is is in my top 20, uh, which makes me feel very uncomfortable. But he's playing uh, the Vikings, the 31st adjusted passing points allowed to quarterbacks. You would think the Vikings would score on the Colts, yeah. you know, forcing them to you know throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, maybe he gets a couple touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff would usually be ranked a little bit higher, but he's got the worst matchup in terms of quarterback uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed with the Jets. They're number one. Uh, he's also not been good on the road this year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill against the Chargers. Like, these are really uncomfortable. Like, Deshaun Watson against Baltimore. These are uncomfortable starts, and you're getting into where you might go, well, maybe I'll just go with Andy Dalton against the Falcons. That's At least that's a good matchup. Or Taylor Heineke against the Giants. He had a good game against the Giants uh, before the bye, uh, the Giants bye, or was it the – yeah, no, it was the Washington bye. Uh, maybe, maybe he can have another good game. So uh, it's really – tough out there if you are in quarterback wasteland because we lost Kyler, we lost Lamar. So a lot of these players are not ranked where they would be ranked. Uh, and that's pushing some of these other guys up and it's making it very difficult uh, on uh, fantasy managers this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about grabbing Matt Ryan in our league. I've got Heineke. I've got Daniel Jones. I know Daniel Jones has been consistent. I know he gives you some rushing, um, but I'm, I might, I might throw for the Hail Mary with Ryan, given the fact that the Vikings just, they, they get carved up underneath. They get carved up deep. Ryan's not going to beat you deep. But I, I think you bring up an excellent point about Minnesota potentially grabbing a lead. And then even if Ryan's got a dink and dunk, you know, maybe 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 throws two for 250 uh, and he gives you one or two, even a garbage one. So yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the issue. The, the only thing I'll say about Washington, I don't know if this necessarily applies to Heineke specifically, John, but they, the last time these two teams played was two weeks ago. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Washington was on a bye. So that's two weeks to to diagnose New York, both offensively and defensively. I I, I thought the line for that game, four and a half, was too high until I kind of thought about that aspect of it. And that again, Washington being at home, it gets the Giants two weeks to prepare for the Giants again. So 
Maybe, maybe Heineke winds up being my play. I don't know. This this could be a game time decision. Of course, Ryan, if I'm going to pick him up, he plays tomorrow. So just another element to this. All right, before we get to the injury roundup, speaking of our producer, who again got me this outstanding t-shirt, uh, he's got the he's got the Jeff Driscoll fantasy cheat code. Where would you rank Driscoll as a tight end if he does start a quarterback in week week 15? Because in super flex rankings, he's right around that Robert Tunyon uh, uh Jordan Aikens ranking. Yeah, I've been trying to like not pay attention to this, but uh, apparently Jeff Driscoll is tight end. The reason this question is a question is that Driscoll is apparently tight end eligible at Yahoo. And I don't know if he's tight end eligible anywhere else. So this is sort of the Taysom Hill question all over again, right? Um, So what I tell subscribers is to go to the Superflex rankings uh, to see where he's projected relative to those to other tight ends if you wanted to start him as a tight end because those points are calculated the same way so um you know he's going to throw a little bit he's going to run a little bit he's not going to catch any passes so i don't know how he's a tight end but um he, he, as you mentioned he's he's right around robert tanyan and jordan akins you might you know it might bump him up a little bit from there because he did have a good week last week and maybe he repeats that but i you know i don't have a lot of confidence in this uh, in him as a as a top tier tight end or anything like that all right, John. Let's go. Let's go player by player here. Before I, I would just dump all these players at you. But why don't why don't we why don't we ping pong a little bit here for our, right. our injury roundup? So let's start with Cortland Sutton. Sutton uh, Cortland Sutton uh, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with a hamstring injury, and of course, the Russell Wilson situation's up in the air. Not that that has mattered. I mean, Wilson's had a terrible year. <laughs> Jerry Judy, <laughs> I think, is the the key here. Uh, Dolchich. So if, if Sutton's out, which I expect, uh, those two are, are definitely startable. All right, T. Higgins, limited Wednesday and Thursday back. So back-to-back limited practices for the Bengals wide receiver. He's got a hamstring injury. Yeah, I, I, I pinged our uh, injury expert, Adam Hutchinson, about about Higgins, and he's just like, I'm not optimistic. Hammies and receivers usually one week missed. Uh, he thinks like 70% of the time that happens, and this is a situation where he tweaked this hamstring pregame, apparently, yeah. uh, played one route, and then they just – shut him down so he did there is some, some sort of re-injury here problem here but he is practicing on a limited basis um so unless i hear something like oh he's a full go then i, I you know i don't have him ranked very high i have him ranked wide receiver 31 this week and that might even be a little too high given uh, the uncertainty around his snaps dolphins running back jeff wilson is questionable did not practice on tuesday did not practice on wednesday he was limited on thursday your thoughts on not only Wilson, but Raheem Mosert, who would get the start if Jeff Wilson couldn't go? Yeah, based on uh, Adam Hutchinson's article, he expect, he would expect him to miss this week. It is interesting that he is uh, limited as of uh, yesterday. Um, if he does play, I still think that Mostert, because Mostert's been the lead back last couple weeks there, so I think he's still a relatively safe, safe start. Uh, probably his, you know, whether or not Wilson is active, I think doesn't impact Mostert too much given the fact that Wilson is pretty gimpy and they're unlikely to give him like lead back touches or anything like that uh, in, a, in a game where he's barely, barely, you know, able to get active. I would have to imagine too that Mike McDaniel, the play caller and the head coach for the Dolphins, would have to look at the situation and say, okay, Tua, with that, with that potential wind, the cold, all of that, we got to run the ball. I mean, they didn't last week, they didn't take advantage of the Chargers run defense, John, and it, in my opinion, it wound up costing them. I would have to imagine that Mike McDaniel will want to run the football a little bit more, but who knows? 
the Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver for the Packers, he's coming back full practice on Thursday. Uh, great matchup for Green Bay's offense against the Rams on Monday. We just talked, got done talking about Aaron Rodgers, but does it matter with Romeo Dobbs returning? I don't have him ranked very high. I think he's a good player. Uh, but coming back off of this injury uh, after the uh, Christian Watson explosion, uh, we know Lazard's going to eat up a lot of snaps. Uh, Randall Cobb's going to eat up some snaps. So I think they're going to rotate him in. He's going to be a part-time player in his first game back, and that's okay. Uh, I think for it does matter for Packer fans because we are starting to see what these, this receiving core could look like next year uh, with Watson breaking out, Lazard being a pretty solid number two, and then Dobbs prior to Watson's breakout was the number one receiver for them. And probably the, well, I guess Lazard was, but Dobbs had his moments where he had made some spectacular catches and had some good games. So uh, you get these three players playing consistent. You might actually have something there in, in, in green Bay. Texans wide receivers, Nico Collins did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Brandon cooks did not practice Wednesday and he's limited on Thursday. What's your, what's your take on Houston's wide receivers outside of they're not talented. Yeah. Cook <laughs> cooks has a, uh, uh, let's not send this to, to Brandon Cooks yeah. uh, or Nico Collins. Uh, Cooks has a, a calf injury and calf injuries, which I've said on the pod before, are pretty tricky. But if he's able to play, he'll get you know he'll be ranked uh, wide receiver four type. Uh, the uh, sleeper, sneaky start of the week. One of the guys I considered was Chris Moore. He had such a good game against Dallas, and I think he is uh, he's definitely a sneaky start. Uh, I think he's appealing unless. Collins somehow comes back to play along with Cook. So I think if one or the other is out, you still have Chris Moore as a you know big part of that uh, Texans offense. And then uh, finally, we've got the Patriots wide receivers. You mentioned this earlier with Mac Jones. Jacoby Myers did not practice, but he was limited on Wednesday, then did not practice Thursday. He's got a concussion issue. Devontae Parker did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Same deal. He suffered a concussion in that Monday night win over the Arizona Cardinals. So that leaves you with uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne, and then the rookie, Tyquan Thornton. Dark throw on all these guys, John, but what do you think? Yeah, so you're if you're looking at having to start one of these players, you're probably in a very very deep league and just having a horrible injury uh, situation. Or maybe this is a DFS you know tournament call, and you're like these guys are cheap; they're going to get some extra play. Aguilar had uh, ten targets, five catches for 32 yards, inefficient, but he did have the ten targets uh, against uh, Arizona. Kendrick Bourne, who we know has proven to be electric at times, uh, had five catches for 47 yards on five targets. So hyper-efficient Kendrick Bourne. So I, I I would lean those two given the way that Thornton, you know, Thornton had his great first game. Um, I blew some fab on him in a couple of leagues where I was getting outbid on, you know, everybody and I got annoyed. So I decided to go after Thornton because he did look good in that first game. And he is obviously taking uh, multiple steps back from that. But uh, five targets for him, four catches, 28 yards. I would lean towards Bourne or Aguilar, at, you know, and this is a really good matchup against the, the Raiders. So that's that's the one thing that kind of stands out. So if, you know, if Matt Myers, who was downgraded after, you know, being limited on Wednesday, he's downgraded on Thursday, probably not going to play. Parker probably out as well. 
Bourne Aguilar are going to play, you know, 80, 90% of the snaps and probably see the vast majority of targets. You also like Hunter Henry from a tight end perspective. All right, time for the sleeper sneaky start of the week. Sleeper is one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. If you head to sleeper.com or you could download the latest app today, you could see for yourself what John and I have found out and that we, uh, we absolutely love sleeper for our fantasy football league. It's uh, it is easy to use and uh, we will continue to use it moving forward. Now, I thought it's um, it's getting a little later in the podcast now, and we have not trashed on my Falcons defense. A lost time. Here we are. It's the sleeper sneaky start of the week, and lo and behold, you have a Saint uh, listed for your sleeper sneaky start. And if nothing, I'm not. You know, I'm I'm predictable. So I was. You know, we were we had Elijah Moore as our uh, sleeper sneaky start of the week heading into this until the uh, Mike White news broke, and then I was like, okay, I need to switch. Maybe I'll go to Chris Moore. And I was like, wait a second, I, I can I can trash the we got a, we got a nice matchup against the Falcons uh, secondary, and I also like I like Rashid Shahid. I think he's super sneaky. Uh, Atlanta, of course, twenty sixth and just a fancy points allowed uh, to uh, receivers. Uh, Shahid has uh, two for fifty three on three targets, four for seventy five on four targets in the in the two games before the team's week fourteen bye. They are ramping up his. Uh, Participation, 49% uh, percent snaps to 53% snaps to 61% snaps uh, in the last three games. He's averaged 2.37 uh, yards per route run, uh, which would be elite if you you know looked at the table over at PFF, uh, if he had enough targets to qualify for their uh, for their table when they you know did 20% of their targets. But uh, you know, he's right there below Chris Olave in the yards per route run. Uh, the Falcons, of course, have allowed an average of 13 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown uh, to the receiver position this season. Uh, so he's, you know, not a high volume guy, but I think we're starting to look at the Saints. You know, if Michael Thomas moves on or isn't there. I think you're looking at Olave and Shahid as perhaps the starters. They do seem to like Shahid quite a bit. And he did have a, a long run, uh, I think, in week one. Uh, big play guy, and uh, I think he's got a chance to, to produce this week. All right, as my uh, as my T-shirt says here, I do love John's sneaky starts, and so it's the time for the sneaky starts for Week 15 segment. If you go to 444.com, you could see John's full list of sneaky starts. Already off to a good start because he had Brock Purdy last night who threw for a couple of touchdown passes. So, uh, John, one of the quarterbacks that you have listed, or at least one that you want to highlight here, is somebody that I am considering for our own league. You, you like Daniel Jones, Sunday night football against Washington. Yeah, so here's the pitch if you want – you're thinking about Jones. He's he's the fantasy QB 10 on the year, uh, and that's thanks to, in large part to the 42 yards rushing, 0.38 touchdowns that he has generated on the ground. Excuse me. Uh, he's also thrown a touchdown in five straight games. It's not – Nothing really stands out about the mat, uh, the matchup, but Jones has scored 17 and 29.5 in his last two meetings with Washington. So he's been solid. And I think that rushing floor really, you know, gives you the, the safety that you're looking for. And if he has, if there's any sort of shootout potential, he could end up with, you know, 25, 30 points. All right. The wide receiver that uh, you're looking at right now, I'm sorry, the running backs that you're looking, looking at this week is Dare Ugunwale uh, from the, from the Texans as he takes on the, the chiefs this week. Yes. And uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys to, to, to choose from, but I decided to go with Dari just to hear you pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> I think it is, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Damian Pierce uh, going to miss a few games. Uh, 
the touches the touches in the Houston backfield are definitely up for grabs. I think uh, Ogunbowale Dare is going to get the slight nod over uh, Rex Burkhead. He did he did out snap Burkhead last week, eighteen to five against the Cowboys, um, and that was a you know pretty neutral script game for the Texans surprisingly. And he's uh, you know Dare is a pretty good passing down back as well. So I think I would lean with him uh, against the Chiefs, which is probably going to be a blowout. Uh, and they, they really don't need to see anything from Rex Burkhead at this point. There might there might be a, a split backfield here to start, but if, if things kind of spiral out of control, you might see Dari get some uh, some extra receptions. And then, of course, you went you went with another difficult name here, but uh, I understand why you did it after you caught the touchdown pass last week. It is the tight end Okonkwo. Okonkwe. Okonkwe. I think that's right. It uh, is ultra talented, and I know that uh, from you know he he has he has been a nice target here for Ryan Tannehill of the Titans, and they're taking on the Chargers this week. Yeah, and he was a, a sneaky start last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk about him because I again wasn't sure about the pronunciation of his name, but he was a, he was in the article. Uh, he delivered six for forty five and a touchdown on a season high six targets. Traylon Burks is obviously out. It looks like he's going to be out again. He's not practicing as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Okonkwo has seen a total of 16 targets in the last three weeks. He has 148 yards, obviously, in the touchdown in that span. Um, it doesn't look like Burks will be back, so I think we're, we're looking at uh, you know more 12 personnel, and they get both. I mean, Austin Hooper was pretty good last week. That's kind of overshadowed, but he he had a good PPR type game. He didn't get the touchdown, but he had the. I think he led the team in yardage or receiving yards. So I think both of them are are startable, but it's certainly more fun. To start Chig, uh, he's got more speed uh, and uh, maybe has a little bit more touchdown upside. Although uh, Hooper had two touchdowns, I think against the Browns or who was it a couple weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, it, Thurs- it was a Thursday night game. I don't know, maybe it wasn't Browns. Maybe maybe it was, was the, the Pack. Wasn't the Packers? Oh, probably yeah. Anyway, sorry <laughs> yeah, to bring that you. up, but I think Thanks. It was. well, you got me, you got me back. You got me back <laughs> on that. Anyway, I think uh, I think uh, Chig's a good. He's a, he's a low end tight end one this week, given the landscape at the, the position. Yeah, Okonkwo, Okonkwo, I think. We'll get it. Uh, let's go. Let's let's wrap things up with the breakout receiver model. Uh, one of the guys that continues to pop is Mike Evans, and it's like one of these weeks it's going to be Mike Mike Evans. Brady targeted him a couple times last week. He couldn't get the ball to him. I mean, it, this Buccaneers offense is dreadful. But when you are looking at this this model, at some point you think that Mike Evans will uh, you know reach the end zone. Yes, and he did. I believe have a long touchdown call back on a holding call. So th- this is yeah. how close we are. We're on the razor's edge with this with this model, <laughs> waiting for Mike Evans to finally get in the end zone. But he is leading it again. Uh, he's mi- uh, minus 7.7 off of his uh, expected. Uh, so he's definitely one I'm looking at. Deontay Johnson, I think, has some upside this week. Uh, he-, he doesn't have a good rapport with Kenny Pickett, but Pickett's likely out with the concussion. Uh, so we're looking at Mitch Trubisky or uh, Mason Rudolph. Uh, and I think either one would be better for Deontay, who continues to uh, appear in the model. But all the all the Pittsburgh uh, receivers are appearing in the model at one time or another because the passing uh, game is so inefficient. There's hardly any touchdowns. But I think either Rudolph or Trubisky offer more touchdown upside than, than Pickett does. Um, Chris Olave is in the model, which is yeah. when you see players like that, you start to go, oh, like this is interesting. So he's been a little bit underperforming, minus 2.4. 
Obviously a very good player, uh, has a good matchup against the Falcons. Got to get one more there, there dig in on the Falcons. <laughs> and then finally, you know, we talk about, oh, these are good players that are appearing in the model. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are both in the model this week. Travis Kelsey has gone a couple weeks without a touchdown. Um, he's got a lot of touchdowns on the season, so he's probably due for one. And then Mark Andrews, we'll see if he can get back on track with Tyler Huntley at, at quarterback. Um, you know, both of these players are obviously phenomenal tight end talents. And when they appear in the model, you know, that they're going to score relatively soon. It's just a matter of when. But I also did say that about Mike Evans, and it's been a been quite the drought. Well, as you mentioned, we're getting close. That's John Paulson. Don't forget that at 3.20 Eastern today, John will have a Week 15 start and sit Q&A. It's for YouTube. All you have to do is go to YouTube, and when you go to 4 for 4 and you subscribe to our 4 for 4 channel, that's all you have to do, and it's free to subscribe. Then you can participate in the Q&A with John Paulson. Again, 3.20 Eastern today, so Central, 2.20. Uh, obviously, one 1.20 if you're on the West Coast, but 3.20 Eastern today, December 16th. John will have his Q&A for Week 15. It's just for YouTube.com uh, backslash 444 subscribers. Completely free to, to subscribe to our 444 channel, and then you'll get a get a chance to participate with John again at 320, asking some questions. But uh, John, always a pleasure. Uh, thanks to not only John today, but our, our producer Sal. One more shout out to the T-shirt. Appreciate it, Sal, for sending me that. We we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, whether you watched it or you uh, listened to it. And we'll be back next week for week 16. Can't believe the season's wrapping up here, but uh, for John Paulson and Anthony Stalter, that's been the most accurate podcast.